What more can one say? This is game seven. feels good to be back oh hockey's back we're back uh we took kind of an unplanned hiatus there we'll get into it a little later on the show apologies for that but we want to thank everyone who has stuck around and uh kept our hopes up and kept us going we are now back that today is the first day of the nhl season january 13th we are recording this at 5 30 p.m so the Pittsburgh Philly game had just started, and we're going to get this done before the Leaf games start, right, Jordan? Uh, sure, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Hey, everybody, how's it going? Uh, not that you can answer, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of expanding on Keegan's, um, you know, apology there for our uh, unintentional, unannounced, uh, spontaneous three-month hiatus. <laughs> kind of once uh, the draft and free agency. Uh, kicked off and all of that started happening that was kind of when keegan and my our personal lives started to get busier i don't know what you were up to really all of october keeks but i know for me i was all of my spare time was spent uh, studying i had a big um job interview that i had to get ready for and then that took up the entirety of my october and then in november i started up a new job and then it came you know christmas and the new year so it's uh it's shocking how fast time has gone by. Like, I think that's one of the, the quickest off seasons I've ever, or I, I can recall. What about you? Yeah. Yeah. End of October was kind of the same. That's when I was transitioning out of construction and into my new job. So it was um, kind, kind of spent all of that month tying up loose ends and getting everything done. Uh, it was a really stressful job. So it, it took a, a lot out of me. So uh, I, I focused on that, and then uh, just November was getting used to the new job again. And like you said, the holidays came around, and then we kept talking. Like I think once or twice every month we would send a text saying, like, hey, let's try and do this, let's try and get going. And we just, we just couldn't find the time. Our schedules didn't really line up. And they still don't really line up, but no. we're making the time. Yeah, it, uh, but by the looks of it, we're going to be doing like midweek podcasts uh, for, yeah. at least for the time being anyways, because I'm working primarily on weekends now and you're working Monday to Friday. So we have the exact opposite shifts. Thankfully, yeah. y- your workday seems to end at a reasonable time. So we'll be able to get some evening recordings in. Yeah. And it just means that what, whenever we record, I'll have to either skip my workout that night or just do it after. So, oh, you know, we all... Oh, no, I know. It's such a huge sacrifice, I know. Yeah, it sure is for you to have to skip your at-home workout, God. And meanwhile, <laughs> I've got a gym membership here that's collecting dust because gyms in Ontario, while well, in Ottawa, have been closed for two months now. Yeah. My at-home workout after doing my 9-to-5 job that has not been affected by the pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> I can say I've had a fortunate time. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, I... I don't even remember. We're a little out of practice here now. Out of practice here, out of sorts. Um, make sure you're following the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at Little Hockey Pod. Uh, you can find us wherever you're listening to the show right now, or uh, basically anywhere else too, where you can find podcasts. Uh, please rate and review the show. That'll help other people find us. And uh, with all of that out of the way, Keegs, let's uh, because we missed the entire off season. I, I yep. guess. Everybody, you know, both people that listen to the show are going to be clamoring for all of our opinions on what uh, the Sens and Leafs did. So we're going to kind of do a quick rundown, quick-ish for us anyways, of uh, our thoughts on the 
overrated, underrated, favorite, and least favorite uh, transactions or whatever from this offseason for each of our teams. And then I've also got a best and worst in there too. So we're going to make a distinction between favorite, least favorite, and best and worst. Yes. Yeah. Although my least favorite is also the worst, but we'll get into that. (laughs) (laughs) I I didn't even read through yours. I know you kind of skimmed through mine, but I think yours are all going to be a uh, surprise for me. So, uh, so I'll kick things off here. So my uh, most overrated move for the Leafs this off season, um, I kind of feel bad saying it because I, I still like it. I just think a lot of people have blown its potential impact out of portions a bit. And uh-huh. that's uh, going to be the Wayne Simmons signing. Yeah, I can understand that. Yeah, like it, he, he's got a higher cap hit than a lot of the other free agents that the Leafs signed. Uh, I believe he's got a no movement clause. And he's not really all that likely to be um, that much of an offensive threat, really. Like he's going to be playing on the third line most nights. He's a shadow of his former power forward self. Um, and, you know, I, I just... I'm sure he's going to be worth the million and a half dollar contract that he's on, but I don't think he's going to be sniffing like 15 goals or anything this year either. I'd be surprised if he hits double digits in goals. Um, I, I didn't notice him a whole lot in the scrimmage that was uh, nationally televised over the weekend, but um, you know, maybe there's other factors going into that. Uh, I, I hope that he does, does really, really well because I'm super excited for him to be on the team. He was like my main keeper player in a fantasy hockey league I had with some uh, guys from college for my entire time playing in that league because of how dominant of a power forward he was. But uh, I just don't think that he's going to have the impact that a lot of people have been projecting him to this season. Yeah, I can completely understand. And I've kind of been on that same train of thought since the signing happened. I mean, he's not 25 year old Wayne Simmons anymore, right? Yeah. Like he, he's Wayne Simmons in name and that's about it. Like uh, I know that he'll bring his grit factor, which whatever he still has is more than what Toronto has before, but I don't know. I, I don't, I think everything you said was pretty logical and I, I don't think he's going to be this game changer by his personality in the room that everyone's thinking he's going to be. Yeah. And like the whole, you know, a lot of people were saying it was such a great move because it makes the Leafs harder to play against. And it's like, well, does it? Yeah, it does it? It's it's one winger on the third line. Yeah, you know, if your third line winger <clears throat> is what makes you hard to play against, then eh, you and need then, to reevaluate that. There were other guys that were available for the same amount of money that I would argue would probably make the Leafs a harder team to play against. And I'll get to that later. But uh, what's your overrated move for the Sens this offseason? I said it on our pre-draft show with the Centennial, and I will repeat it now. Matt Murray. I did not want Matt Murray. I am honestly, though, I'm okay with what we gave up. Um, you know, a second-round pick, not even our best second-round pick for this year. Uh, and uh, Gruden, the prospect, like, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with taking a flyer on him for that price. I didn't oh. want to take a – well, but then you also have to take into account the $6 million a year that he was signed for. That's what I was getting yeah. to. I don't mind the trade. I don't like the contract. Yeah. I think that is too much money for too long of a period. And um, once when we get into the previews, I'll explain why I think it was almost unnecessary. And, like, if he bounces back and is a 925 this year or whatever, then I'll eat my words. I, I have no problem with that. It means my team is playing well. I, I think nine twenty five would be insane. Oh, I know. Like, like that, that, that's, that's, Vesna, that's Vesna quality. Like if, if he can go up and he can be like a nine eighteen or like a nine fifteen or something, because I don't think he's gotten close to that over the last couple of years. No, he has not. He was sub nine hundred last year, and I think just over it the year before. Yeah. But and sorry, just... everybody, that's a save percentage there. Yes, <laughs> um, my entire thought is. I kind of wanted them to give Hogberg the net. I understand why they didn't. He's never played a full year in the NHL, but I don't know. I think Matt Murray might be good, but from what I've heard in the uh, from media and stuff from the scrimmages, he was being outplayed by our other goalies, and that's discouraging. And 
everyone's saying like, oh yeah, if he bounces back, it'll be great. It'll be great. Okay. But you're paying six and a half or six, whatever mil for four years for an if. Yeah. And right? that, yeah, that was, that was my issue with it too. Was that like, it, you know, you, you have to imagine that a guy that was on the, was the goalie for back-to-back cup winning teams isn't going to be washed at like 26 or however old he is, but also like it, it wouldn't be the first time that you see a guy come into the league, kick Super ass high. for a couple of years and then just drop off the face of the earth. Right. Like that was basically cam ward. I was about to say, let's yeah, not forget the, cam ward. Yeah, cam won. ward did that. Won, won the con Smythe and the Stanley cup. And then that coasted was on it. For <laughs> I, yeah. I, sh- I shouldn't say coasted. I think he uh, got close to a Vesna once or twice. Well, off of the reputation of that uh, playoff run, like, I, I don't Fair. think that he, he ever came remotely close to the performance he had in that spring. Like it, it's hard to match that, but also at the same time, you have to kind of hope that a young goalie is going to be improving instead of just, you know, hitting a dead end at the first, <laughs> you know, the first opportunity they have. Right. Yeah. So I, I think Matt Murray's impact, everyone is overrating it. And I think uh, there'll be 10 more players, more impactful than Matt Murray on this team. All right, underrated. We'll start with you this time, Keeks. What's uh, an underrated transaction or something that happened this offseason for the Senators? Um, I don't know if this will necessarily be um, – I don't know if I can call it underrated, um, but I do really like the Alex Galchenyuk deal. I think a lot of Sens players do. Um, a lot of people gave Pierre Dorian props about how, like, yeah, you know, it's – Low risk with the potential for high reward. You know, former 30-goal scorer a few years ago with Montreal. Uh, he was a third overall pick, I think, in 2012 or 2013, when, whenever it was. But I like Galchenyuk. I think he has the potential to kind of turn things around. He's another guy who is definitely not a young kid anymore, but he's kind of still in the early part of his prime, so he still has time to turn things around and get back on track. And I think going on a a young, fast, offensive sense team like this will help get him on that track. But at the same time, I think people are underrating the impact of this 10-month layoff on the development of the kids in that I understand not playing games sucks, but doing skills and doing fine-tuning of their game for 10 months, that can have a huge impact in a good confidence boost for a lot of these kids. And I think a lot of them are going to come in friggin' just swinging into camp. Like we already saw that Josh Norris uh, basically stole Logan Brown's or not stole, but he outplayed Logan Brown for a spot on possibly our top line center. And uh, you look at Drake Batherson, he's apparently had a really good camp and um, you know, Shabbat and Kachuk continue to develop more. Like I don't think people are giving the young guns, the credit that they deserve. Because everyone keeps saying Ottawa is a young team, is a young team. It's like, okay, every time you say that, though, they're a year older. Eventually, they're not going to be this young team anymore. Our young guys are 21, 22 now, and Shabbat's turning 23, 24 this year. He's entering his prime, and it's just, I don't know. The, The impact that these kids might have, I think, is going under the radar. Again, that's an if, though. No, I, I'd agree that uh, certainly um, I think the Senators have the potential to surprise people. Not in the sense – I don't think that they're going to be pushing for a playoff spot. I just think that mm. they're, not, they're not going to be last place by as far as some people might think. Like, I, I think that – yeah. It's going to be more competitive at the bottom of the North Division than uh, maybe we would have thought it would be going into the off season. Oh, the North's going to be the most competitive division. Oh, I don't know about that. I think the the through all the teams, like number one and number seven, are closer in the North than any other division. Okay, yeah, that that's probably fair. It's going to be harder to make the playoffs, I think, in uh, the East Division or whatever the one is with all of the uh, like the Rangers, and Washington, the, uh, Pittsburgh. Yeah, that one's going to be a nightmare to try to make the playoffs in. But I, sure. I would agree that the points 
between the top place in the North division and the seventh place in the North division are going to be like, that gap is going to be smaller than in probably any other division in the league. Oh, it's going to be, it's going to be 56 games of war and I'm excited. But what about you? What do you think was the most underrated uh, Leafs related thing in the off season? Um, I think that it was uh, getting Aaron Dell. Um, like oh. as, yeah, as much as like, a third string goalie is going to be an underrated move. Like I I think it was smart of the Leafs to recognize that this year is going to be very reliant on um, depth depth at all positions. And I don't think there's a ton of other teams that really address that, especially at the goalie position. Like Montreal went out and got um, Jake Allen. So now Charlie Lindgren or whoever they're, their backup last year was is now their third string goalie, which is, is pretty good. So Montreal and Toronto kind of did something similar. Um, Vancouver did a replacement with Mark's drum with Holpe. Yeah. But then they didn't really add any depth beyond Demko. Right. As, as far as I know. Um, and then Edmonton's got the worst goalies in the league, potentially. Oh my God. I like, they, they're easily the worst goalies in the division. Well, Koskinen played no. decent last year. Yeah. But <laughs> But they've also got one of the worst defense cores in the division too. And Clefbaum's out for the yeah, year. Yeah, Clefbaum's gone for the whole year. So, but they have Tyson Berry, Jordan. Oh yeah, like I, 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 I think Tyson Berry is totally fine. He is not the guy that is going to be preventing goals from going in on your side, though. Fair. Um, so yeah, so Aaron Dell, I think, is a pretty underrated move, uh, just in terms of like. There's a good chance Freddie Anderson's going to miss some games this year, either because of injury or just to give him a night off or whatever. There's going to be plenty of back-to-backs. There could be, there's going to be lots of three games and four nights, right? Like this is going to be a super compressed schedule. So um, it's good to have that goaltending depth, especially goaltending with NHL experience. The Leafs have four goalies with NHL experience. Who's your fourth? Uh, Fucking Hutchinson, but. (laughs) You guys got Hutchinson back? Yeah, we did. When the hell did that happen? Uh, I don't even remember. But it was pretty early on in free agency, and I remember just being like, "What the hell are we doing, man? Like, come on!" <laughs> you know who I completely forgot you guys got? Who's that? Jimmy VC. Oh yeah, yeah, that's. A I funny completely one. forgot about that. Uh, remember we, whenever we didn't even have to trade Nylander to get him, eh? I was about to say. Remember <laughs> when everyone thought that uh, you should trade Nylander for VC? Jesus. Yeah. Oh my God! I'm looking at your defense as well. Zach Bogosian at one mil. That looks like a decent deal. What do you think of the Dermot deal? Uh, honestly, I don't remember how much it was for. It was like just 875. over... 875. Oh, yeah. No, that's good. Dermot's good. Like, he's really got to show everybody what he is. Because it seems like the Leafs are still trying to figure out what he is. Mm-hmm. That's uh, fair. Uh, like, I, I was looking at the Leafs' defense, and I, I thought it was... I thought it was pretty good, but then I was like, oh, you know what? Like, Justin Hall in the top four isn't ideal like there's there's other teams in the north division that have a a a better top four on defense than the leafs but uh, i think that top four would look better with rasmus sandine yeah potentially uh but we're getting off track here um yes favorite move what was your favorite move from this offseason i will completely throw my hands up and admit i was wrong in in that uh draft show because I said I did not want Tim Stutzel. I said I did not want Ottawa to draft him. I wanted them to draft a for sure number one center. I said I wanted Rossi and I wanted Raymond. Um, Keegan is dumb. Tim Stutzel is fucking amazing. When forward of the tournament at the World Juniors, 10 points in five games, five goals, five assists for Germany. Like, this kid is going to be a superstar if everything goes right. He's starting in Ottawa's top six this year. He's going to be part of that stepdad line with Stepan and Dadnov. So pairing him with two vets could be great. And I just, every time I watched him, I just loved him. He never gives up on a play. He is a lot more physical than I think we gave him credit for, or he just developed that uh, in the tournament. Like that huge hit he laid on Bowen Byram, throwing him into the Canadian bench in that 16-2 game. That was awesome. And he was throwing hits every uh, every shift, and that's exactly how the Senators play. I just think he's going to fit in so, so well. And he brings such a dynamic skill set 
that just no one else on this team has with his footwork, quick edges, and his stick handling. Like, he's not the fastest in straightaway speed. He's not slow by any means, but he's – what is it? People define him as quick, not fast, you know? Kind of like uh, Mitch Marner. Mitch Marner is quick, but he's not necessarily the fastest. Right. Um, our fastest player is Formington, to give you a bit of an uh, example there. But it's just, yeah, Tim Stutzel. Um, Tim Stutzel, the superstar. Like, Tim Su- Timmy Superstar, whatever you want to call him. Some people will call him Sergeant Stutzel. Don't call him that because that can be abbreviated to something that he does not want to be abbreviated into. <laughs> But yeah, Tim Stutzel, man, holy crap, this kid, this is the savior of the franchise. The third one after Shabbat and Kachuk. Yeah, um, it, it was pretty remarkable. Like, I didn't watch a ton of the World Juniors, honestly, um, but uh, the clips I did see of Stutzel, like, it was, it was crazy that he was able to do some of the things he was doing with a German team that was basically icing, you know, like nine guys a night. <laughs> yeah. Him, um, his uh, goal against Switzerland where he just outworks the defender while staying onside with control and just, oh, it was, it was highlight reel. It was one of the goals of the tournament. It was just, I was watching that game and I yelled at the top of my lungs and scared the shit out of mom. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, my, my favorite move for the Leafs this offseason was uh, getting Jumbo Joe Thornton. Um, <laughs> You know, I don't think it's going to have like a gigantic impact. I don't like. I don't. I'm not expecting Thornton to come out and get like 50 or 60 points this season. Um, Be sick if he did. It would be incredible if he did. I, I'm just excited to see like if this um, Thornton Matthews Marner line works out, and I want to see him on the power play. Like there was a couple times in the scrimmage early on on Saturday night when I was watching, where I was just like, how are defenders going to be able to contain Joe Thornton and Austin Matthews? Just if those two guys get on the cycle down low, there's not many defenders in the North division that can handle them. They're big. Those are two big bodies. Yeah. They're huge. And they're so strong on the puck too. Like there was a couple times I watched the Leafs defenders bounce off of them and I'm like, well, shit, well, that's a good omen for our (laughs) defense, but also awesome. Here comes like a couple of unstoppable forces on offense, but yeah. One thing I want to say, I, I, just uh, one sec. Like I, I yep. think it's it's going to be underrated how um, hard it's going to be for most defenders in the North Division to play against those two gigant, like giant men below the uh, goal line. Absolutely. Also, if Joe Thornton can get Jonathan Chichu a rocket, imagine what he can do for Matthews. <laughs> yeah, he may that, not be in his prime was, anymore. That was peak Joe Thornton. This is forty-one-year-old Joe Thornton. Uh, yeah, and this is peak, and this is uh, going into prime Austin Matthews. It, they balance each other out, Jordan. That's how it works. It could, it, it, like, there's there's potential for some pretty wicked offensive stuff coming from Matthews this year. But uh, I guess time will see. But yeah, that that was just my favorite one because, like, I wanted that to happen a few years ago, and it's exciting yeah. for the Leafs to get these guys like Thornton and Spezza to, like, these old guys without a cup to come to the team, and it. You know, if we can have a moment where the Leafs win the cup, like, oh my God, fingers crossed. Um, and then Joe Thornton and Jason Spezza get to lift the cup for the first time as Toronto Maple Leafs. Like, that's incredible. That would be so cool. Did Simmons win a cup with LA or was he on Philly during that? Uh, I think it would be his first cup, too. Yeah. Is it weird seeing those guys, all those guys that you kind of not necessarily grew up watching, but. Um idolized on different teams wearing a leaf uniform now is that weird to see it wasn't weird to see spezza in it because it was weird seeing him in a dallas jersey so you kind of got that yeah after he was in a dallas stars like their starbucks green jersey i was like oh yeah like whatever (laughs) in the at least the leafs jersey looks sweet yeah Um, with with thornton um it wasn't weird with Thornton, but it was really weird with Simmons. And I think, it's ju- I think it's just because I think of him as a Philadelphia Flyer. Orange to blue is a bit of a stark difference. Yeah, right? Like, it, that's why I think the Spezza to Dallas was so weird. Um, 
yeah when joe thornton got traded to san jose it was weird for for a while but then it's just he was there for 15 years so it seemed like it, it was normal after a while it's, it's yeah i don't that, remember thornton as a bruin yeah see it, it's weird going back and looking at him in a bruins jersey now it's like if you ever see a, a hockey card with Jerome McGinley on the Dallas Stars. What? Yeah, Jerome McGinley. Oh was, yeah, he uh, wasn't drafted draft, by Calgary. He was drafted by the Stars. So yeah, if you see a card of Thornton or of uh, McGinley on the Stars, it's like what? I don't. That's weird. He he's not Granted. a he's not a Dallas Star. He's a Calgary Flame, and Joe Thornton is a San Jose Shark. Well, McGinley's a Flame, a Bruin, a Penguin, <laughs> an Avalanche. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so it, it was it was Simmons when I saw him in the scrimmage and in his Leafs jersey. Maybe it was because he wasn't like the guy that I was excited to see playing, and I yeah. just was like, "Oh my god, yeah, I forgot we got him." But uh, it, it Simmons was the guy where I was like, "Oh yeah, he he looks kind of weird in a Leafs jersey," and hopefully that's not some like bad energy or whatever that's being put out there for him. Wayne Simmons apparently worth twice as much as Joe Thornton. Yeah. <laughs> And a no-move clause. And a no-move clause. Um, All right, least favorite. Um, I'll go first. You go first. Yeah, I'll go first here because I think mine's kind of uh, cheating a little bit. Um, Just a bit. My least favorite thing that the Leafs did this offseason was actually a move that they didn't do, and that was uh, (laughs) – I alluded to it earlier was um, I really wanted the Leafs to sign Miko Koivu, um, the former captain of the Minnesota Wild. He ended up going to uh, Columbus for like a – one-year, one-and-a-half-million-dollar contract. And uh, just before free agency started up, I started looking at, like, building a, a wish list of players. And the more I looked into some of, like, the the uh, advanced stats on all of these guys, I was the more I was like, okay, Koivu is the guy I think we should be going for because he's a really, really low-event player. So neither team gets very many chances when he's on the ice but his team always gets way more. It's crazy. And he starts off all of his shifts in the defensive zone. So that means he is absolutely incredible at getting the puck out of his zone before the other team gets a shot and then getting down to the other end and getting his team shots. So, it, you know, Thornton is also a, a positive possession player and a positive expected goals player, but uh, he's a way, way, way higher event player so I, I, I was just like, you know, maybe Koivu's style isn't going to be compatible with the Leafs and it's fine. And like, I never heard any buzz about him potentially signing with the Leafs, but it was just kind of like, for me personally, I was really hoping we'd get him because he was an upgrade on any of the um, forwards the Leafs have that uh, are used in like a defensive role at all. Um, he was, yeah, he had better uh, results than like uh, Tavares and way better than Kerfoot and better than um, Thornton as well. So it, it was just kind of like, I was hoping that they would get him, but I wasn't expecting it to happen. But for the, the money that Columbus paid for him, it would have been wicked if we could have gotten him for a year and one and a half million. Yeah, but would you rather Miko Koivu or Joe Thornton and Jimmy VC? Yeah, like I guess that's, <laughs> that's kind of the thing, right? But, <clears throat> but also, like I wouldn't have been too upset to see Alexander Kerfoot go. Um, not that I dislike him or anything. It's just if we could get a guy for $2 million less that has significantly better results, let's do it. But that's also not long-term thinking because Kerfoot signed for two more years after this one. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think Koivu would have been a really good upgrade for your penalty kill. He's one of the better two-way centers and playing out in Minnesota, a lot of people, or I guess not a lot of people, but some people who cover Minnesota and, our Koivu fans, I've seen them come out saying that he's been snubbed for selfie voting a little too often. Um, obviously, also being the younger brother of Saku Koivu, playing in Montreal pro- probably doesn't help. But uh, I know Miko has always been, like especially in the face-up dog, he's been very dominant. He's always been a big, imposing defensive center that in his prime could help out on the score sheet now more so just focusing on the defensive side but Columbus who's a very defensive team just added more solid depth to that and got a little scarier and yeah absolutely uh, like that was that was what made sense to me it's like okay well he it looks like he's going somewhere where his skill set absolutely fits perfectly with the way that the team plays so it makes sense that he would go there 
it was just yeah. disappointing that the Leafs didn't seem to be as in on him as I was. <laughs> yep, that's fair. Yeah. Um, yeah well, what about your least favorite move? <sighs> I don't. I I both understand and don't understand the Branson trade. Oh, yeah. I. What did they give up for him again? Was there like I a think it was a fourth round pick. I thought it was better than that. Um, let me double check, but I don't think it was too too much. We Here. gave up a second for Derek Stepan. Here, I'll I'll pull it up. Uh, you keep talking about why you don't like it. Sure, I just I thought we kind of shored up our defensive physical side uh, or defensive role when we got Josh Brown from Florida. Uh, good Branson, I know, has a lot of intangibles. I know he's a really well liked guy. He's from the area, and I just. Like everyone else, I just understand that they brought him in to literally be Borvietsky. They brought him in to punch and hit people and be an Ottawa guy in a good locker room and assistant captain. That's exactly what Borvietsky would have done. The only difference is Borvietsky was a lefty, good Branson's on the right. Yeah. And it's they, with how much they're paying him, it's like you could have just given Boro that. I don't know. What you're gonna say? Did you get the uh, trade? Yeah, it was for a fifth round pick. I thought it was for more, more than that. But uh, and yeah, his cap hit is four million a year. But yeah, he. I don't think that's what he makes an actual salary. I know, I doubt it because like none of the senators make what their cap hit is. Um, But uh, with Good Branson, like he's been consistently, him and Jack Johnson have been like two of the worst defensemen in the league, and he's kind of a significant reason why I think. Dom from the Athletic, I think, had Ottawa's defense ranked at like the worst in the league by a long, long shot. Um, well, yeah, you want to hear our three mo- our three highest paid defensemen? Um, Dion Phaneuf. No, num- fuck off. <laughs> Number one is Thomas Shabbat at eight mil. This is his first year of that eight million eight year contract, which I think is absolutely fine. Uh, number two. At four and a half million for the next for this year and three after Nikita Zaitsev, and after that for this year only is Good Branson. Yeah, four million. And yeah, Zaitsev and Good Branson on there for a combined like nearly eight and a half million dollars, right? Oh boy. Well, exactly eight and a half million, at least in uh, AAV. Maybe not in actual money, but it's we got Braden Colburn as well to kind of yeah. show up our left side a bit more. But he seems to be more of like a an in and out guy. He's going to be like a seventh or eighth defenseman. Yeah, right now they have him in the uh, in the top, I guess seven. Um, I think Will Landon will probably play more. I think um, Colburn and Mike Riley are going to be. Um, going back and forth in that third pairing left D slot. Um, but we'll just kind of have to wait and see what happens. But yeah, that Eric Branson trade, I just, I didn't like it then. I don't like, I still don't like it. And it's just, I thought it was unnecessary, but Hey, what do I know? I'm just a kid with a podcast. I'm not an NHL GM. Maybe he'll come and he'll be friggin', I don't know. Name a great defensive defenseman. I don't know. I just mark my thought to uh, Shabbat Carlson. <laughs> you know what? If that happens, I that's fine. I've always said you don't need a top pairing caliber defenseman on your top pair. You just or you don't need two of them. You just need two that work. And Mathot on any other team probably might not even be in the top four, but he worked with Carlson and made that one of the best deep pairings in the league. If Goodbranson could do something similar with Shabbat and not drag him down too much, I'd be okay with it. Yeah, but it was for that, now, that second, I don't like it. The second part of that statement was the, the issue there. He is absolutely yeah. going to drag him down. Um, well, it, so long as he doesn't drag him down as much as Zaitsev. Or CeCe. Oh, CeCe. Um, all right, best and worst. Best, uh, best sends move this offseason. Um, I don't think you can go with anything other than the Dadanov signing. Like you're getting a guy who consistently is getting 25 plus goals, um, for three years. I mean, he turned 30, so I'm glad the contract was only for three years at five mil. Um, he doesn't have Barkov and Huberdeau feeding him anymore. Like I will, I, 
I'll say it, Kachuk and Norris are a bit of a down, or Stepan and Stutzel, I guess, are a bit of a downgrade of Barkov and Huberto. So if his scoring goes down a little bit, I, w- I won't be too upset, but I think that signing was great. I actually don't mind the Derek Stepan trade either. A second-round pick seems a little high in, for my liking, but from the way he's been fitting in and the way he slots into our lineup and shores up our top six a bit more, I think those two are easily Ottawa's best transactions in the offseason. I don't think there's much of an argument for anything else. What about you for the Leafs? Uh, for the Leafs, it was the Kapanen trade. Like the fact that we traded a middle six forward and we got a like one of Pittsburgh's top three um, top three prospects and uh, the fifteenth overall pick in the draft this year, like that was nuts. And it, yeah. it it looks even better now that Kapanen's not even playing tonight. Uh, not because he's scratched or like I don't think it's anything that he really did, but it was just kind of like work visa. Yeah, it was unfortunate circumstances basically that caused him to miss the first few games of the season. And, but it, you know, those are games that uh, those still are count. Yeah, that's value that Pittsburgh is leaving on the table um, in a trade. And and yeah, like, it was ridiculous the amount that the Leafs got for him at the time. Um, it's going to be ridiculous in like two or three years. It doesn't like it. It's crazy. And then put on top of that, that uh, Rodian Amirov or whatever had like a halfway decent World Juniors. He looked like he's going to be an like a player. So yeah, uh, yeah. Overall, pretty good trade. It's it's exciting. Yeah, you sound so enthusiastic about. Well, it. yeah, like you know, it it was it was a deal to move salary and the Leafs managed to bring back a pretty high um, draft pick as well as a a quality prospect. Like that's, that's hard to do. Yep. Uh, I mean, Kapanen definitely has or had a decent amount of value as well. Pittsburgh apparently sees him as a top six, which is is probably why they drafted him in the first place. It sure seems like they just don't really understand what kind of a player he is because he is very much a skate in a straight line from one end of the ice to the other and then fire a wrist shot into the goalie's chest. Like, Well, you know what? Playing him with Malkin or Crosby, he'll find a way to get 30 goals. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think the experiment of Kapanen with Crosby is going to last that long. I think he's going to end up on the third line. Yeah, he's definitely a rush player, not so much a offensive zone control player. Oh, like absolutely is. not. His his feet move way faster than his brain can make his hands move. Like he he doesn't think the game at a high enough speed for what his skates get him to move at. Um, but speaking of salary moves, yeah. what do you think was the Leafs' worst deal, Jordan? Yeah, what I thought that the worst move for them this offseason, I it's the Andreas Janssen trade um, just because you compare it directly to the Kapanen trade. And it's like, they're not super, um, I guess, stylistically they're, they're different players, but their results weren't really all that different um, between Janssen and Kapanen. And, you know, Kapanen got back a, a good prospect of again the 15th overall pick in the draft and then um they got the rights to evan rodriguez who they didn't sign so he he was a wash and then andres Janssen was traded straight up for an unsigned rfa joey anderson um never heard of him before i have no idea who he is lots of people that um, know prospects really well say that he's going to be a player and he could be like a, a depth player for the leafs this year um, he could be Andreas Janssen. Yeah, like it could work out great in the long term, and that that's awesome. Uh, it just sucked that the Leafs couldn't get more for you know a guy that could be comparable to Kapanen. Um, I just think he didn't have the uh, the brand name value that Kapanen does, and uh, you know Kapanen's a former first round pick, whereas Janssen's a former seventh round pick, and there are people that still put value in that. Uh, so. It, yeah, Joey Anderson didn't even make your taxi squad. Yeah, so it it was very it, like it 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 must be one of those things where the Leafs just couldn't find anybody to take him, and they just had to move him. Um, so they got what they could for him, which is disappointing. I'm not super sad to see him go because he was a kind of a frustrating player too. Uh, you could see yeah. that he had lots of skill, but he just he couldn't finish. Um, 
but uh, yeah, the, I, I just thought that that just in terms of the return that the Leafs got back for, uh, for Janssen, I, I just thought that that would be the worst uh, move that they'd made. Um, Cause really the free agent signings, I don't think that there was a whole lot of bad stuff that the Leafs did there. Um, you know, TJ well, Brody, they- TJ Brody could go in the best or worst, depending on how things go. But we, you know, you won't know how that turns out until, you know, the end of this year or next year. And you can make that argument for literally every free agent signing ever. Yeah, exactly. Like it, it, it could be good. It could be terrible. Yeah. Uh, won't know till it happens. Yeah. Won't know till it happens. Uh, what about you with the worst move for the Sens this off season? Um, currently I am sticking to my guns and I'm saying good Branson. So um, least favorite and worst. Well, it's my least favorite because it's the worst. <laughs> okay. That's how it works. And it's the worst because it's the, your least favorite. Exactly. Yeah. They just go hand in hand. Um, but I think what could be the worst long term is, again, that Matt Murray contract. Similar to TJ Brody, or not TJ Brody, sorry. Um, the hypothetical that we said about TJ Brody being that it could be the best, it could be the worst. It all depends on how he plays. That's what applies to Matt Murray here. Yeah. Like, Four years at what is it? I'm looking at it now. Four years, six point two five mil. You give that to a goalie who's a bona fide starter. Murray was that three years ago. Well, he's not even. He then, hasn't been that. Even then, when he won his first cup, he he barely played any regular season games. He won two cups as a rookie. Yeah, that's crazy. And so mm-hmm. he, it's hard to say that he was a bona fide starter when, you know, he, sure he had won two cups but he had also played one full season in the NHL. And I just like people are saying like, Oh, he's young. He can find that again. He can find that again. It's like, he hasn't found these last two years. And if I don't, I'm, I can be very impatient when it comes to um, when it comes to hockey in that if I don't see improvement in the first three, four months, which I guess for this will be the entire season, uh, then I'm not expecting improvement and move on especially with Ottawa having the goaltending talent that we do, um, especially with Hogbird and Decord, who I am really, really scared that with the expansion draft coming at the end of this year, we're going to lose one of those guys. And I, either one of them has like starting goalie potential. And I'm, I'm nervous that we're going to lose one of them because we are going to protect this guy that we overpaid under a hope that he could get back to the form he was in three and four years ago. Yeah. See the, Almost actually not even by April, it'll be five and four years ago. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's, I think what kind of makes the Matt Murray thing different than just a typical free agent signing is that Matt Murray hasn't played at the level that he's shown he can in several seasons. And especially last year was particularly bad. So, you know, it's the trend downwards that should be um, concerning Should be concerning when you're signing a guy for over $6 million for four years. Um, yeah, him and Colin White, if they both stay on their current oh, trajectory, geez. that's going to be $11 million of bad for the next four years. Yeah. Um, so that's got me a little nervous. Yeah, but o- overall, like if you had to give a, a grade out of 10, with uh, you know, ten being the highest, one being the lowest, what would you give the Senators offseason? Um, the draft, the actual drafting of the players, an A. I think uh, getting Stutzel and Sanderson, showing up your skilled offense and making your uh, your defense just Sanderson's going to be unreal. Stutzel's going to be unreal. Everyone else that they got, I I. I pretty much didn't have a single negative thing to say um, about the draft. So the draft, I give an A when it comes to trades, you know, Murray's Murray. I didn't really mind again. I didn't mind the trade. Uh, Good Branson. I didn't like Josh Brown. I didn't mind Stepan, I didn't mind. So I'll give that like a B minus. And when it comes to signings, Dadnov was a good signing. Galchenyuk was a good signing. I don't like the Murray contract. In my opinion, that was too much for too long, and that really drags it down, especially since Galchenyuk's only for one year, 
Dadanov will be for three, which is nice. So in total, I'm giving that a C minus. So overall, about a B. Cool. Now uh, the uh, the scale that I mentioned earlier, from one to ten, what would you grade it? <laughs> I completely disregarded yeah. that. My mistake. Um. Oh uh, yeah, no, we'll we'll go with your letter grade a B. Yeah. Right, right about uh, average. Perfect. Uh, uh, no, B C is average. Oh, C B is, average? is above average, and A is excellent. Come okay, on. Okay, there we go. So you give the senators above average. All right. So just for consistency's sake, I'm going to give the Leafs a uh, seven point five out of ten, <laughs> um, which I think typically comes out to about a B as well. Um, yeah, roughly seventy five percent. Just because, like, I like pretty much all of the moves that they made. Yeah. I'm not sure if it's enough or if they were like necessarily the right guys to get this year. Um, like I said, I really wanted Koivu. Um, I don't think that there was any real realistic chance that the Leafs were going to sign him, but uh, that doesn't, you know, the heart wants what it wants. Um, and in terms of the draft, like, I don't know, they got that guy. Um, I think, Two like the two Finnish guys that the Leafs got. Um, one of them was one of the uh, defenders of the World Juniors tournament. Toby Nimala. Yeah, and I think yeah, he he got, he got defenseman of the tournament. Yeah, and we pi- we he, we picked him with a draft pick that Ottawa gave us, right? Yeah, uh, when we dra- we traded up to get Tyler Clevin. Yeah, and uh, right after Clevin, you took Nimala. Which... Yeah, and then he won the uh, defender of the World Juniors tournament. Yep. And Clevin, Clevin, I think is getting really underrated right now though. He's, he's really improved his game and proved a lot of haters wrong. Yeah. Like the, the draft, you know, the Leafs have been good recently, so I don't really give a shit about the draft anymore. Um, but it's nice to know you'll continue to be good. Yeah. And it was, it was interesting what they did during the draft where they were going for a lot of uh, European players who they could have control over longer and they didn't have to sign to a, a, uh, an entry-level contract for longer than a North American player. Yeah. Um, so it was interesting to, it's it's always interesting to see what the Leafs are looking at, like what they're trying to do in order to get an advantage through the draft. Because a few years ago, they tried just drafting a ton of like overage players and then that basically wasted an entire draft for them. Thanks, Mark Hunter. Um, <laughs> Ottawa did that this year. We got a lot of overagers this year. Oh, so there you go. You've you've got that to look forward to. Keeks is basically a wasted draft. Well, yeah, you know, Tim uh, Stutzel aside and Jake from Sanders, the top end talent that you got from it, yeah. Which you know what? Hey, if we get Tim Stutzel and Jake Sanderson hitting, I don't care about the rest. Yeah, I think it, for us it was the uh, the Marner draft. Everything after Marner was just a waste for us. Yeah, yeah, because. Um, Oh, well, I mean, Nick Robertson's not bad. So, yeah, you, you know what? After talking all this, I'm going to boost my uh, my grade for the Leafs offseason. I'm going to give them a 77, which is, I think, in uh, B-plus territory now. <laughs> High 70s for yeah. a low B-plus. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a very right. good, if you will. Yeah. So uh, moving on to, uh, I guess, what we wanted to have as our main discussion here as we're uh, like 45 minutes into the pod. <laughs> um, we've got uh, just the season preview. We'll do a quick one. Like we're not going to do the whole league because like, no, I barely had enough time and energy to pay attention to what the Leafs were doing this offseason, let alone like 29 teams I don't give a shit about. <laughs> Yeah, to put that in perspective, Jordan sends me a text at like 2 o'clock today saying, can we record around 5 or 5.30? I did not realize that my team's first game of the year is tonight. Yeah, yeah. Last week when we finally set a day to record, uh, I was thinking that the Leafs and Sens game on Friday was the start of the season. I totally forgot that they were playing tonight. So then when I saw that this morning, I was like, oh, shit, okay. Yeah, they play in half an hour, Jordan. I know, they play, yeah, 35 minutes. Um, that's fine. Um, so yeah, so we'll just kind of go through the North division. Who, who are you thinking is going to win? Like, I don't think it's, I don't think we're going to be, uh, making any controversial picks here unless you are. Let's see. Um, I've been going back and forth on who I think will win it. Cause I think there are four teams that can win those being Al- 
the Alberta teams, uh, Toronto and Vancouver. Um, I, I'm really, really high on Vancouver. I really, really like their one-two of Pedersen and Horvat. I think the Leafs are the favorite to win, but I don't think they are guaranteed. If I had to pick a team, I if I had to pick a team, I think I'm going to pick Vancouver to win. Yeah, to see, come first. I, I I've been trying really hard over the last week or so to um, convince myself that Vancouver sucks because I I still hate them. But um, fair, they're not a very lovable team. No, I but I was just looking at their lineup and I'm like, oh, geez, yeah, you know what? Like, I don't think their goaltending is as good this year as it was last year. Nope. Um, Braden Unless- Holtby has not been good for a few years now, and Thatcher Demko had three amazing games in the playoffs, but his regular season last year wasn't very good. Um, so I, I don't think Vancouver's goaltending is as good as it was last year, but I think they might have the best top four defenders in the division. Oh man. Even just the top pairing of Nate Schmidt and Quinn Hughes. That's terrifying. Yeah, That's ridiculous. And then their second pairing was Alex Edler. And, uh, now it's, um, oh my God, who is it? I want to say Jacob Truba, but that's not it. Nope, Truba's on the Rangers. Yeah, no, but it's the other guy that has like a similar name to that that came over from Calgary. Hamnick? Yeah, Travis Hamnick, Jacob Truba. <laughs> they have the same name. Yeah. They're the same yeah, guys, right? the same. Um, <clears throat> so yeah. They also have Tyler Myers. Yeah, Tyler Myers sucks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they also got Jordy Ben. The, yeah, uh, like that's... Just the, as good Ben brother. That's, that's a, a, a very weak third pairing but they've got a very strong top four i think and then yeah they've got elias Pettersson, who could be one, like the best player in canada i like yep. I, I i would say elias Pettersson, mcdavid dreisaitl matthews are probably the top four forwards in the division elias Pettersson I, is the most complete player playing in canada right now his defensive game is very very good it's zetterberg-esque it is very good um yeah, so I, I wouldn't I, I think Vancouver's gonna make the playoffs, uh, but I think the Leafs are gonna win the division. That's fair. Who do you think um who are your top four? Who do you think make the playoffs? Um the Leafs, the Canucks, Calgary, Montreal. Really? Yeah. I am not on the Montreal bandwagon. I'm not either. I think that they finish in fourth. And I think well, that they like just get in. I wouldn't be surprised if Montreal misses, but like the people that are saying that, oh, Montreal got Jake Allen, so they're a Stanley Cup contender now. It's like, did you guys watch Jake back. Allen? <laughs> Jake well, Allen isn't good. He hasn't been no. good for a very long time, if ever, really. Um, and sure, he's a backup, like he's a strong backup goalie potentially, but, um, you know, that's not the thing that, like, Montreal got fewer points than, um, Buffalo last year. Oh, Jordan, you're going out robotty. Oh, I am. Oh, Jesus Christ! All right, one sec. Sorry about that, everyone. Uh, as always, having those technical difficulties took us a a little while to get everything sorted, but we're back. Uh, we're we don't have too much left in the show, so we're just going to kind of finish our thoughts on the North Division and then probably call it a do. So yeah, because we got ten minutes here before the Leafs game starts up. So uh, yeah, it took us about twenty <laughs> minutes to try and figure out these technical. Oh my god! Yeah, it's just some settings I have on my Mac, and for some reason the uh, the ghosts inside my laptop just decided to move a whole bunch of stuff around mid recording. So awesome, good stuff. Um, yeah, I think we were we were talking about um, who we oh, think something's never changed. Yeah, who we think is going to be the uh, top four in the yeah. uh the north division yep and you had um who was it just so we can <laughs> uh, the leafs vancouver calgary and montreal i think oh and I, yes and i want to say in that order too okay uh so no edmonton for you no i think edmonton uh has a decent chance at finishing sixth in this division see 
I, I have a ton of faith in Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl to go out and be like world beaters. So they could drag the Oilers into the playoffs just on their own. But if any of those guys, if either of those guys miss any time because of injury or because of COVID or anything, uh, the Oilers are totally owned. They don't have anybody else that's going to pick up like anywhere near enough slack to make up for either of those players going out. Um, their defense isn't very good. Their goaltending, like I said earlier, worst goaltending in the division. Um, yeah. So if those, if their goalies don't even live up to being the worst goaltending in the division, then they're also probably screwed. So I, I'm not. I wouldn't be shocked to see the Oilers miss the playoffs, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they uh, came in. Uh, you know, runner up to the Sens for the top spot in the basement. No, screw off. <laughs> or see, n- I... not top spot. Uh, best seat. Best seat in the basement. I don't know. It's hard to say. <laughs> second second perspective. Last. I'm trying to find a, a fun way of saying they could finish second last, and I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Um, I have Vancouver making it. Uh, Toronto, I think, makes it as the second seed. Um, I, I think I, I'm thinking Edmonton actually wins the division. Just because of McDavid and Dreisaitl, you have those guys firing on all cylinders against teams that, uh, like, like every, you know how there are games that mean less in a regular season. Like you playing a Toronto playing a California team doesn't mean as much in the standings as you playing someone from your division, right? Right. Like, just just because of the the differential swing in points for when those teams win it doesn't matter as much exactly when you play outside of the division but this year you only play in the division so every game every game matters yeah and i think because of that it's just going to kick mcdavid into world beater to world destroyer yeah and i i think i think he might even get i think mcdavid might flirt with 100 points this year you know all of I hadn't considered that, um, but with McDavid trying to do everything himself, I can also see him getting injured and getting pretty significantly injured <laughs> and then True. being out for a while. <clears throat> the, ba- um, the Battle of Alberta is going to get pretty chippy. So, yeah. But yeah, I have Edmonton, Toronto, Vancouver, and I think Winnipeg. I, Winnipeg, they have, they have- Winnipeg has a good top six forwards. Their defense leaves a lot to be desired. and. Connor Hellubuck had is the best goalie in the league. Well, he was last year. I don't know if you can count on him to repeat that again this year. And that's how Winnipeg made the playoffs was him being the best goal, like one of the best goalies in the league. Well, yeah, but he also was a top three Vesna candidate a year or two before that as well. He is one of if he's one of the best goalies in the league. Granted, with this condensed schedule, he's going to be playing a, a lower percentage of the games, but I think um, I think Winnipeg could could surprise some people, uh, and I have Ottawa finishing last. Yeah, I think they could. I I do not expect them to make the playoffs or even come anywhere other than seventh. That's not what I'm expecting, but I believe they can. So what I just would, what would be a disappointing year for the Senators? Would it be like uh, no such it, thing? No, like, yeah, you think that even if they get absolutely blown out of the water, if they're last place by like 20 points or whatever, if they never had a shot at anything, you still think that that's fine? Um, I say no such thing because the way that this sense team has been playing last year and the way that DJ Smith gets them to play, they will never be completely they'll never lose their compete level they'll always try their damnedest every single time and so long as that's what they're doing i'm happy with it if i see improvement from the young guys i'm happy i'm, I'm not expecting tim stutel to come out and be a point per game i'd be happy if he gets 20 points this year uh brady kachuk i am expecting him to take another step i'm expecting all the guys to take another step and if that happens I don't care what our record is. 
if everybody takes a step in the right direction, that's what matters. This isn't our year to win the cup. This isn't our year to make the playoffs. If we see some progression and we get another lottery pick, perfect. Yeah. I'm fine with that. I just I just don't think that we're going to be as low in the basement as everybody thinks. And I think yeah, we're still I, going to be in it, but we won't be as low. Yeah, I, I think Ottawa like is probably within like eight points of sixth place. I agree. I don't think Ottawa finishes last. You already said that you think that they finished last in the division. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> let me let me double track on that. I I have a hunch they don't finish last. Okay. I'm expecting I'm expecting them to finish last. So 95% sure they will finish last. <laughs> yes, but I have a feeling that they won't. There's going to be one of these teams, one of these Canadian teams is not going to live up to expectations. And Ottawa's expectation is to finish last. <laughs> so, all right, um, something's going to happen. We've got nine um, Battle of Ontario games this season. Five in Ottawa, four in Toronto. What do you think the uh, season series is? Who wins? You know, how many games does Ottawa win? How many games does Toronto win? What, what do you think the overall record looks like? Uh, Toronto takes seven. You think seven and and what? Seven out of the nine. Yeah, I think it'll be seven one and one for Toronto. See, I I thought it would be uh, six two and one for Toronto. Yeah, I um, again, I have a feeling that Ottawa can do better, but it it's a lot of ifs. It's like if our rookies are really impactful, if Murray bounces back, if if if. So it's a feeling that I know they can do it, but not. I don't expect them to, and they have not yet shown they can do it. Yeah. Like I, I say that, um, you know, six, two and one for the Leafs, but that's generous. I, I I think the games are going to be a lot closer than that record would say. I think it's going to be a lot of like three, two games. Um, I don't think that the Leafs are just going to walk in and blow the senators out of the water because they just haven't done that the last few years. And Ottawa has been pretty bad. True. Um, you did not lose to us last year, though. Okay. Um, but I do think... You didn't think necessarily I'll... blow us out of the water, but you didn't lose. And that's the thing. We should have absolutely, like, torn the Senators a new asshole last season every time we played them. 100%. And just it never happened. So, I, I unfortunately, I think it's good. their games are going to be closer because the Senators are going to be amped up for them. And then I think the Leafs may still... Who knows? Maybe they, they've had a change in mentality but i think they may still just kind of see those games as being automatic two points and then being surprised at how hard it was to get those two points one thing i will say i don't like how the leafs are bringing in their leadership i don't like that that's what the senators did no our leadership is brady Kachuk and thomas Shabbat. That's good not Branson. our leadership. That's our veteran. I don't know. That letter on Good Branson's jersey might say otherwise. And all yeah, of the, the stuff, two letters on all of the, the, the stuff Stepan was saying when he got traded here might say otherwise too. No, I don't think they're our leadership. They're just our veteran presence. There is a difference there. Sure. Semantics. And not semantics. You can yeah, be you're, a veteran you're, you're and help using... guys out and not be a leader. If like you're there, you can set, help if without you're there being a leader. Example, if you're there to set an example and to teach the younger players how to be a pro and stuff, that's a leadership role. I don't if, know. Oh, you, did you, you hear the comment? The what? Go ahead. Finish your thought. I don't remember. Finish your thought, was. and then I'll say it. I don't remember okay. what my thought. Did you was. hear? Uh, uh, Dorian came out and said that um, uh, Kachuk and or Kachuk, yeah, Kachuk and Shabbat are uh, fighting for the captaincy this year. He literally said this season will decide between the two of those as to who will be named captain for next year. Hmm. That's nuts. To just come out and say that, that's ridiculous. Yeah, I don't know why you would come out and say it in public because then now once they name a, a captain, like that, it's going to be the, the story all season for the Senators, right? Like every time one of them makes a turnover, it's like, oh, do you think that cost you the captaincy? So... Yep. I don't know, but 
You, you know what? I think we've got to head out before we have more technical issues because you've gone robot voice twice now and we're uh, playing with fire. Plus it's 702 and I'm already missing out on the Leafs game. So, uh, okay, fair that. enough. We're going to skip, we're gonna skip the double agent game for this, uh, this iteration. We'll hopefully get back to it next week when we've got a bit more time. I think we're going to be recapping like two Sens Leafs games next week, eh? I yeah, guess we've um, got to figure Saturday, out what we want Friday, to do Saturday. Yeah. All right, I'll um, let you do the outro. All right, sounds good. Um, so everybody, please uh, remember to make sure you're following the podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Our handle is at Little Hockey Pod. Uh, you can follow me, Jordan, on Twitter at J Small one seven seven one, and Keegan on Twitter at L I L underscore Little Twenty Eight. Um, please make sure you're subscribed to the show on your favorite podcasting app. And if you're able to, please go ahead and rate and review the show five stars. We will read any of your five-star reviews. Um, and yeah, just please tell everybody that uh, we're back at it. New season. Here we go. Our, it was New our year, first, new us. Yeah, new year, new us, new season, new teams, new jerseys. Um, lots yeah. of new stuff. Holy smokes. Um, but yeah, we're, same technical issues. Same technical issues as always. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're excited to uh, have everybody along for our first full season here on the little hockey. Ooh, podcast. I'm excited. Yeah. So uh, thanks for joining us and we'll uh, catch you later, everybody. See you later guys. What a finish.